Hello listeners, my name is Raj Singhal and welcome to another episode of Breaking Investment Stereotypes. Here we deconstruct world-class investors or wealth managers and deep dive into their investing journey professionally, personally or both. This episode is brought to you by Multiply.co where we believe that investing is an ignored life skill. Our mission is to create a platform where people can come, learn, share and collaborate through the right tools. Uh, we have some important updates for you all. We are now rolling out invites to people who are on our waitlist. So do check out and if you are not yet subscribed to our waitlist, please do so at multiply.co and we will send those invites to you as well. I want to give little guidance to how to use the shows. None of the following should be taken as investment advice. Please see multiply.co slash disclosure for more information. My guest for today is Nilesha, someone I admire a lot and whom I have the pleasure of knowing for last 25 years. Nilesha or Nilesh Bhai, as is popularly known as, is Group President and Managing Director of Kotak Mahindra Asset Management Company Limited. Nilesh Bhai was part of the team that has received the Best Fund House of the Year Award at all the mutual funds where he worked, namely Kotak Mutual Fund, ICSA Prudential and Franklin Templeton over the last three decades. Nilesh Bhai is Chairman of uh, Amphi, he is a member of Mutual Fund Advisory Committee and a part-time member of the Economic Advisory Council to the Prime Minister. Nilesh Bhai was featured in top 50 people of India by India Today for CY20. So, without further ado, please welcome Nilesh Shah. Hello Nilesh Bhai, welcome to the show. Very excited to have you here. Thank you Raj for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, thanks a lot. No, I'll start with your personal life first. And I know that you, know, you started working very early in your life. Uh, did an article share, uh, met one Guju subbroker who actually gave very important lessons in trading and went on to, uh, you know, achieve gold medal in C exams. So, want to hear more about your initial journey into the markets. So, I grew up in a chawl system in Mumbai. Uh, it was one big happy Indian family, more than 200 family. Uh, unfortunately, I lost my dad very early in life. And... Uh, I, at one point of time, thought that it's better to start working rather than studying. And I'm thankful to my school's principal, Jani sir, who said that, no, you must study and I will bear your education expenses as long as you top the class. And uh, thanks to his support, I continued my study. Uh, you know, at that age, uh, it was important to earn money, but thanks to Jani sir's encouragement, I remained focused on study and probably that is why I have reached where I am today. Uh, I moved to study chartered accountancy course because that was the most cost effective course available. Uh, you could earn money while pursuing that uh, professional course and uh, my office was next to Dalal Street. I could hear all that noise in our building. We had stockbroker's office. So, started dabbling in stock market, made some money during Harshad Mehta time and lost everything <laughs> by the time it ended. And that's where I started going to people who understood the movement of market, who understood the ups and downs of the market. And that's where I wrote that article about the Dagladhari uncle who was giving us good guidance on stock market. And one thing which he taught me has remained always with me, that in stock market, you know, we do Lakshmi Pujan once in a year, 
but we have to do saraswati pujan every day to earn money and that's the power of knowledge that's the power of wisdom so over a period of time i made lot of mistakes but ensured that i don't repeat those mistakes and you know that has taken me here now that's that's very uh, you know inspiring uh, journey i would say and i i you know we've got we've go back uh, you know many decades uh, and you know i know that you started your career actually on the fixed income side which is you know where i spend all my life uh, and then of course you know you 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 running the whole uh, amc now but what's your you know you've done fixed income you did of course equities uh, you know now running the whole show uh, tell us where where does where, where is your love i mean you know in terms of fixed income and equities so obviously when i started my career uh, i was sent to jp morgan singapore for learning fx when i came back to india i realized that the opportunities in fixed income and not in fx moved into fixed income was fortunate to work with icici securities and it was one of the most brilliant yep. team around uh, grew with them moved to templeton and for years uh, delivered fixed income fund return which was better than many equity funds so fixed income remains first love it gives you very good understanding of macroeconomy it gives you very good understanding of credit but in 2003 i realized that the golden period of fixed income is coming to an end and now interest rate rise it will be very difficult to make money that's where i decided to move into equity and the you know article ship days came to help I had made lot of errors in those days so i could you know start ensuring that i don't repeat those errors i was lucky that i got a break in icsa prudential mutual fund uh, managed equity debt overall investments for a while and then you know i briefly went to sell side in excess capital I realized that it's not my cup of tea and you know there was one incident which actually prompted me back to mutual fund i had gone to attend a distributors conclave in grand hyatt uh, santa santa cruz and when i was walking from staircase to the main stage so many mutual fund distributors came and met me some people had brought sweets some people had brought khari singh some people had brought naan khatai and by the time i reached my stage all my hands were full with bags and packets and then i realized that this is where i have love of people this is where people remember me what am i doing on sell side and that's where i decided to move back to mutual fund fortunately kotak gave me an opportunity as ceo and uh, this is one field where rajbhai i say ki aapko paisa bhi milta hai aur duaye bhi milti yeah. hai i am very well paid by my company and more importantly i accumulate the blessings if i do my job well what could be better than this where you are paid as well as blessed together awesome and you know uh, you talking about your distributors coming out with those uh, whatever snacks or sweets and all they they knew how to get a guchu bhai back into the game right <laughs> <laughs> by the way yes, i so, just realized oh, that two, 2003 what an awesome timing to actually switch from fixed income to equities because fixed income were at the highs and the equities were at the lows absolutely <laughs> so i started searching for switch in 2003 i was lucky in may 2004 where i got an opportunity 
Awesome. So, you know, let's come to the market and, you know, big question on everyone's mind is where the markets are headed, right? I mean, you know, globally markets are looking very overstretched. People are chasing growth stocks at any price. We have DMARTs at 200p, Pitalite at 100p. And now a lot of people call it a liquidity driven rally as well. And I know it's not easy to predict market, but just want to pick your brain in terms of where you think we are headed. And more importantly, are we headed into what happened in US in 60s and 70s. Now it's a very long time back when, you know, Nifty 50 uh, grew up parabolically and then came crashing down when gold standards were broken. So just, just want to hear your thoughts. So my feeling is that today we have Triveni Sangam of sentiments, flows and fundamentals in our equity market. So it is not a bubble. Does that mean there will be no correction? No. As we speak, last three days, markets have corrected. But will there be a crash? I'll be highly surprised if that happens. I don't think so. March 20 is going to get repeated in near term unless until something changes fundamentally. Today, sentiments are bright and optimistic because economy is opening up. Activity levels have already reached pre-pandemic level. Now, unless until there is a reversal due to a third wave, I don't think so. Sentiments are going to get reversed. From a flow point of view, domestic institutional investors led by mutual funds, insurance companies, pension funds, they are all buyers of equity. Uh, foreign portfolio investors, thanks to what's happening in China, as well as what's happening in India, is a net buyer. In FI21, they brought more than 26% of all the money they have brought into India over the last three decades. And most importantly, retail and HNI investors are also net buyers in market. Except promoters who are selling, virtually every other investor segment is a buyer in the market. Now, we all know sentiments and money flow can lift the market for a while, but not permanently. And this is where fundamentals are extremely important. Now, if you look at NSC 500 companies' profitability, it was about 32,000 crore in June 20 quarter, which was impacted by lockdown. In June 21, uh, about a year later, it's almost 2 lakh crore. So wow. there is a 6 six times jump in profitability. From a valuation point of view, market looks a little bit on the higher side at 20 times FY 2023, but it doesn't look exorbitant. The bubble used to happen at 40 PE for market, 60 PE for market, but at 20 times it looks little over fair value, but not significantly over fair value. So corrections will come in the market undoubtedly, but a big crash is unlikely to come unless until sentiments flow or fundamentals gets reversed. Okay, no, yeah, that's 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 very true. Uh, and coming to the the small cap and mid cap, you mentioned, you know, we are already seeing some bit of a correction. Again, picking on one of your learnings, we when I and you, I think you mentioned uh, when Batata trades at a premium or Tata, it is time to get out of the market. Uh, where where are we on that? So there are two pockets in market where I believe there is a bubble. Uh, this bubble is from a price point of view in one of the red zone. So there are some very good businesses where floating stock is very, very limited. Yeah. And more importantly, that floating stock is controlled by some investors. 
now this is creating a situation where any price can be printed there's nothing wrong in the businesses but the valuations have become excessive and if you invest in that zone you will have to compromise your future return prices could correct if there is increase in floating stock or prices could stagnate because after a while the existing holders will start distribution the second red zone is where business and valuation both are wrong for example there are some sme uh, ipos which got listed now here we believe a lot of them are way ahead of their business as well as valuation fundamentals but there are certain stocks which are peddled by social media influencers you hear them in telegram channels you hear them in whatsapp you hear them in youtube videos now this social media peddle stocks neither have businesses in most cases nor have valuation justification in most cases so unlike first where you may compromise on your future return here you will definitely compromise on your capital itself now these are the two segments in markets which are avoidable please avoid high valuation but concentrated holding stocks please avoid stocks where neither business nor valuations are justifiable no that's 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 very rightly uh, put and and we see that right and we have seen some of them actually coming crashing by in the last couple of days uh, some of those low float and then a lot of people actually calling a <laughs> jokingly i'm sure uh, low float as a moat right that, that's the moat of the stock it's a low float Uh, now coming to uh, it is a mode for existing investor yes. not for you the new yes. investor i agree completely agree uh coming to the 2003 to 2008 phase right when actually we saw a bit drastic rally in the market uh, at that time and when and, and you know that's the when you, you also began your career in the equity markets as well a lot of people are comparing current market with that uh more importantly in terms of the capex cycle because that was a phase when capex cycle was was taking off uh and there is a lot of talk around you know about the revival what is the what is your reading on the ground situation uh you know public and private capex i mean there are a lot of data which says that the capex as a percentage of uh, corporate expenses is as all time low so you know help us understand more about this whole capex cycle so rajbhai if we see since independence every of our peer has outperformed us in 60s we were similar to korea in per capita gdp today they are 12 times bigger than us yeah in 80s we were similar to china today they are 5 times 6 times bigger than us in per capita gdp so we must have done something wrong to restrict india's growth and this is best illustrated by one singaporean minister who said that if you compare indians earning per capita income in us they are roughly at about 55000 dollar now if indians in india were as good as indians in america we should have 75 trillion dollar gdp sure. we are at 3 trillion that's the potential gap now one can legit, logit, legitimately argue that look the cream of indians have gone to america and hence it will be unfair to compare indians in america to indians in india fair enough let's put 75% discount to it 
that Indians in America are three times better than Indians in India. With that also, you know, we will come to a GDP number which should be bigger than China. So clearly, we have followed certain policies over last seven decades which have restricted Indians. And now those policies are getting changed for better. So Rajbhai, if you see the 50s, 60s, 70s movie, the villain was always a food smuggler, black market here. Now there is terrorist. Because inflation has ceased to be an issue. And today when people are talking about high inflation, it is mid-single digit. Earlier when people were talking about inflation, it was double digit. So India is transiting from high inflation to low inflation, moderate inflation thanks to inflation targeting framework of RBI. In the 90s, Rajbhai, FX reserves were so poor that we had to pledge gold to borrow money. Now we are sitting on fourth largest FX reserves. In second wave of COVID, when we had to import oxygen tank, oxygen concentrator, medicine, we were able to cut the check because we had money. This transition from low FX reserves to high FX reserves is a great platform. Earlier, we had infrastructure deficit. Mumbai to Pune was an overnight journey. Thanks to Mumbai-Pune Expressway, it became a two-hour journey if you came out of Mumbai traffic. Infrastructure is available. Today, people are talking about coal shortages, but those guys have not witnessed power cuts, which we have witnessed. The infrastructure deficit to infrastructure availability is a great platform. Earlier, our infrastructure was physical. Now it is digital as well as physical. Earlier, to get a checkbook from a bank, you had to go to the bank. Today, you are ordering it on your app. I mean, look at the COVID program. We have administered 100 crore doses and provided, you know, digital certificate. The entire process is so smooth that it's been an amazing journey. This infrastructure from physical to physical and digital, again, gives a great platform. We have also replaced crony capitalism to transparency. Earlier, you had to take a shortcut to get an iron ore mine, a telecom spectrum license, a coal mine, and so on and so forth. Today, thanks to the government and courts, it's a transparent, open process. And the biggest change which India is seeing is transition where government has accepted that we should be running business to government has no business to be in business. Air India, when it was run by Tata's, it was a small airline, but a niche airline. People took pride in traveling with Maharaja. Over a period of time, Air India became an air, became an airline where number of employees per plane are more than number of passengers per plane. And government had to contribute more than 100,000 crore to support that airline. Air India could have become Emirates, Etihad, Singapore Airlines, but it didn't become because it was run by government. Now it is divested. Can Tata's restore the glory of Air India? Well, it will be a tough job, but they are capable of doing it. This transition from commanding heights to PSUs to public-private partnership is the most important thing which has changed in India. And finally, Rajbhai, aap or mein, agar dhanda karna chahte, to baap ke paas se paisa lena padta. And agar pita ji ke paas paisa nahi ho, to aap kitne bhi brilliant ho, you had no option but to do a job. Yeah. Now, that Lala ji culture, that Seth ji culture is getting changed 
with idea with entrepreneurship if you have an idea there are venture capitalists private equity who are willing to back you this availability of capital for backing an idea which was not existent in our young days is today's is available to today's youth now put all these things together moderate inflation high fx reserves infrastructure availability digital infrastructure meritocracy and transparency government doing public private partnership and capital being available to good entrepreneurs will this not create better growth for india in the days to come compared to last seven decades answer is undoubtedly yes now there will be many manifestations of this growth there will be many uh, themes which will run on this platform but this is the platform which will propel india to 5 trillion and eventually to 10 trillion dollar and eventually to be second largest economy in the world behind china now that's that's so that's that's a good way segue you know uh, can we talk about uh, we have spoken the platform where we are right now what are the two three trends you see playing over in the next 10 years i mean no one has the crystal raising ball but where do you see india in 2030 i mean you know we talked about 5 trillion 10 trillion i mean of course the, the, all that's going to happen but in terms of trends so one trend where india will do very well is becoming part of global supply chain management yeah china became manufacturer to the world we became pharmacy generic pharmacy to the world and back office to the world but we missed this manufacturing game today manufacturing contributes just about less than one third of india's gdp within that one third comes from just automobile sector our manufacturing exports are fairly low yeah and we are not part of global supply chain management now we are becoming part of global supply chain management thanks to production linked incentive scheme we were large importer of mobile handsets as we were the second largest mobile handset consuming market our annual bill was running as 8 to 10 billion dollar couple of years back then we invited mobile handsets manufacturing companies to india they started assembling mobile handsets over here value add was about 10 15% now as the scale went up they invited their vendors to come to india now value add is moving from 10 15% to 20 25% and eventually will become 35 40% over next couple of years we are not making chips which is heart of mobile phone but all other parts are being made in india and we have now become net exporter in mobile phones we have overtaken vietnam south korea in manufacturing mobile phones in wow. fact we are the second largest mobile handset manufacturer just after china the world's largest mobile handset plant is now operating in noida by samsung now pli scheme is there in api bulk trucks textiles auto auto component electricals electronics toys and many other industry pli scheme will create manufacturing base for india we won't become manufacturer to the world like china in next 10 years but we will certainly close the gap with china in becoming manufacturer to the world the pli scheme linked global supply chain management participation is as big a story as technology was in 2000 or generic pharmacy was there around the same time the second thing which is going to work for india is revival of industrials and capex 
for last 5 6 years private sector was working on the back foot there were not much capacity addition there was not much capital goods order now we have seen revival steel companies are announcing expansion cement companies are announcing expansion sugar companies are announcing setting up of ethanol blending the government has fiscal space to spend money and they are building infrastructure at a rapid pace the export market is looking good and many of the multinational companies will outsource their export commitments from their indian subsidiary put all these things together could we see a period like 2003 2008 where industrial capex led by private sector starts delivering and kind of pushes growth which is today driven just by consumption and government spending we believe on the industrial side capital goods side there is a very good chance of revival for next couple of decades to come the third and the probably biggest of opportunity is digitization uh in global markets many western markets digital properties are owned by private entrepreneurs and that creates monopoly or oligopoly for example in card payment visa and mastercard virtually have oligopoly now we have created digital infrastructure through aadhar bheem rupay account aggregator data lake and so on and so forth there is no monopoly over there it's available for any investor any entrepreneur and this digitization of india will create many unicorns and this model will now expand from india to outside of india our covin can be copied in any other country our bheem upi can be copied in any other country our aadhar can be copied in any other country now this digitization is one of the biggest opportunity like indian it companies went and conquered services sector i think time has come for indian companies to go and conquer product services especially in public utility so digitization capital goods and pli related participation in global supply chain management these are the three themes which i believe will move india's growth rate from mid single digit to probably double digit okay that's yeah uh, pretty bullish for the country uh, you you're part of the economic uh, pm economic advisory council and you're we are seeing a lot of actions from the government side uh, psus are back in discussion you you spoke about uh, privatization of air india and also there is a push for reform in power sector infra uh, gati shakti which you know pm just announced uh, asset monetization uh, you know, can you tell us more what government is trying to do in, to revive this economic growth and you know you just mentioned that right we are heading towards uh, double digit growth what can government do to do, to help that so the government is essentially from a economic growth point of view focused on expanding the pie rather than allocating the small pie that is the big mindset change earlier we wanted to reduce inequality by making everyone poor now we are saying that let people become rich and then we'll figure out how to allocate that pie this is the biggest mindset change and governments have taken numerous steps to support entrepreneurs our biggest challenge was related to rule of law uh land acquisition labor laws availability of capital 
they were all challenge for entrepreneurs our entrepreneur was like an abhimanyu and unlike abhimanyu who decided to go on his own volition to chakravyu our entrepreneurs are born in chakravyu and abhimanyu was at least fighting kauravs which is market price volatility infrastructure bottlenecks but the modern abhimanyu entrepreneur is also fighting pandavas which is the tax burden tax compliance rule yeah. of law and so on and so forth now in mahabharat abhimanyu could not defeat kaurav in modern yug how will abhimanyu defeat pandav and kaurav together yeah. the government is now supporting abhimanyu they have simplified laws they have improved ease of doing business they are ensuring startup india to provide capital to businessmen they have pushed meritocracy in bank lending they have taken away external influence on lending system they are building infrastructure at a rapid pace essentially they are doing everything possible so that entrepreneurs are supported and more importantly politically india is being recognized as you know one of the biggest alternative to china recently john chambers ex chairman of cisco mentioned that if there is one country in asia which i have to bet i will bet on india twice tony abbott ex australian prime minister narrated this in a different way where he said india is alternate to china in every other way they are not as rich as china today but it's only a country which is under rule of law and democracy and capable of having the same potential as china so government has created that brand image for india they are supporting entrepreneurs it's an ongoing journey we have a long distance to cover but by simplifying rule by ensuring capital is available and by giving global branding power i think now our entrepreneurs are equipped to handle market volatility awesome uh let's come to one of the sector automobile and you know it's been an underperformer for the last decade uh, i think the vehicle sales are probably the same as what it was in probably in 2011 12 uh now there are supply side issues uh, but there is a big push towards the ev now do you think this is the turning point for the sector uh, or or you think the the profit cycle will still take some time to kick in so in the automobile sector raj bhai there is a double horse running around i think everyone is clear that fossil fuel needs to be ended thanks to the global warming but will the journey be straight to electric vehicle or will it be to fuel cell technology especially hydrogen or will it be hybrid my guess is that as india we should keep our options open yeah we should encourage electric vehicle we should experiment with fuel cell technology vehicle and we should also push hybrid vehicles this combination will ensure that no matter what succeeds we will be able to then ride on that now if you look at automobile sector we were the first asian country to manufacture automobile hindustan motor in west bengal uttarpada created first automobile factory unfortunately the same models continued till 1980 in 1980 suzuki came to india they brought modern automobile fuel efficient convenient they kept on launching newer and newer models which were suitable for india 
they expanded their distribution network they brought they brought their vendors so that quality was maintained and slowly and steadily automobile sector started taking off today it's one of the few manufacturing items where india has a trade surplus one third of india's manufacturing gdp is contributed by automobile sector it has created jobs it has created export surplus it has created growth now on this we have to build and we should build from fossil fuel to electric fuel cell and hybrid we should ensure that we not only capture domestic market but we also capture global market and we continue to expand our automobile sector not only in four wheelers but also in two wheelers and commercial vehicles and tractors and so on and so forth overall we remain bullish on automobile sector however is this the time to invest in automobile sector answer is no this is the time to accumulate in automobile sector currently automobile sector is going through twin pressure one raw material shortages and second higher raw material price impacting margin so unless until we see a volume expansion uh, there is no point in investing in automobile sector at current valuation okay now you know markets are very bullish the india story looks very bullish you know you 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 just mentioned couple of points on that but we see that you know gold imports are again picking up multifold right i think it went up three folds why are people moving to safe fm so gold is a social obligation to india indians uh my mother pushed me to buy gold because i have two daughters and she said what will you give them you know at the time of marriage now this is the reason one reason why people are buying gold the second reason and this was told to me by someone that many poor people can't keep their savings in huts Mm-hmm. they have to carry their savings with themselves and what best option but to buy a gold chain or a gold earring or a gold bangle you are able to move with your savings the third and probably a very very big contributor is that gold can be bought in black market and your black money can be stored now we have to tackle all the three situation by opening jandhan account we have ensured that poor people can deposit their savings with bank they don't have to invest in gold second by increasing data analytics we are going after people who are storing you know money in gold uh, their black money in gold however we need to do a lot over there one thing will be to bring gold in gst so that you can track buying and selling if that happens to a great extent black marketing of gold will come down the third is the financial education we have to push investors to buy sovereign gold bonds instead of buying physical gold if they want to invest for their daughters now all these things will take time because we are trying to change traditions of 1000 years plus today the biggest challenge is that when you want to buy gold you just walk into a jeweler shop and buy gold by paying cash when you want to buy a financial instruments you have to go through kyc and you have to follow a process if we make buying of financial product as simple as buying of gold if we educate investors financially about how gold import can 
hurt india and how there are alternatives to buy gold without actually owning physical gold and then we push tax data analytics in a manner where there is no incentive to put your black money in gold put all these things together we can actually start monetizing our more than 2 trillion dollar worth of gold yeah uh now let's come to the mutual funds you know, uh, and you know we globally there has been a big trend towards passive funds you know there, there is a big vanguard you know which started in late 80s how do you see that vanguard story playing out here in in the country you know especially given the whole debate around active versus passive so undoubtedly slowly and steadily markets will move towards passive funds as long as active funds are generating alpha investors will stay with them when their alpha generation capacity will come down investors will move towards passive funds we will have coexistence of active fund managers as well as passive fund managers in the future active fund managers will start adding value to customers not only by just launching long only funds but also leverage funds long short funds concentrated funds and global funds uh active fund managers will also launch wrapper on passive funds which provide solution to customers by allocating between various sectoral etfs or various asset classes etfs so the nature of this business will change whereby the objective will remain the same how do i add value to my customers so that i can justify my fees there will be product innovation like leverage fund long short fund global funds concentrated funds there will be service innovation like wrapper around etfs and there will be pure play passive funds which will be low cost solution provider to investors and this juggernaut will continue to roll in coexistence okay now you know in current times uh, fund managers are being judged monthly quarterly i mean we all have seen that and when gone through that you know against the benchmark so are you think the fund managers are being forced to track index very closely how does how does the leadership looks at that so if you try to judge donald bradman on his every inning in some inning he'll be a super batsman in some inning he'll be a disaster yet no one can take away that donald bradman was one of the greatest batsmen yep now suppose if you judge donald bradman as a bowler he'll be the worst cricketer in the history he has not taken any wickets yeah. because he didn't know how to bowl so when you are evaluating fund manager you will have to look at his long term track record if you evaluate him on every week every month every quarter he is not going to be as successful always some fund managers are value oriented some are growth oriented some are growth at reasonable price oriented now there is a cycle in the market when you are managing 100 crores 10000 crores you can move from value to growth to growth at reasonable price but when you are managing 100 lakh crore you can't do that you will stick to your philosophy and over yeah. a cycle that will deliver return you will have to take underperformance as well as outperformance together now if you evaluate this fund manager against a completely different indices it's like evaluating don redman as a bowler rather than batsman and i have seen some of studies 
which have compared our large cap fund which is benchmark against nifty versus you know top 100 index now i am trying to outperform top 50 index please don't judge me against top 100 yeah. index similarly you know there are periods where rajbhai we take underperformance for a reason so i can share this incidents about 2017 where we avoided investing in an it company which moved from 1% to 4% of index in a year's time now it was a conscious call it resulted into underperformance we were paying but we were willing to bear that underperformance because we didn't believe in that company with the benefit of hindsight that company is down 90% from the top so sometimes underperformance is because of conviction sometimes underperformance is because of style and sometimes you hear and see underperformance because people change benchmark so please back promote fund managers on the long term track record not with this prism of prejudice no very well said now we are in the last 10 years i mean you talked about digitization as well and we have seen you know, a lot of innovations in the markets as well we have seen uh, zero dollars of the world have come up who have actually helped us in growing the market and we have also seen uh, uh, you know innovations like small cases now zero das uh, you know they they promote a lot of uh, do it yourself trading you know a lot of people are trading on their own a uh, small case are giving a basket of stocks and all how does how do you guys view them as are you, do you see them as a competition do you see them as partners what do you see them as see they are all our partners more the merrier in this business hmm. when there was one unit trust of india it expanded market to some extent when sbi mutual fund in bank mutual fund can bank mutual fund boy mutual fund joined it they expanded market to some extent when morgan stanley came in it expanded market to some extent when templeton alliance icsa prudential birla came in they expanded market to some extent we have seen that over the years as number of players expanded market kept on expanding with all our track record we just served about 3 crore indians in about 10.5 crore folios i need to be serving 30 crore indians today and maybe 150 crore indians in future now how will i reach there if we depend upon existing players the pace will be very very slow we need other players like zero da like small case to expand the market so we are all partners in expanding the market and ensuring that indian savings move from real estate gold and bank deposits to equity markets to structured products market to hybrid market yeah true now you once said in an interview and i'm just quoting you from there that you know you invest in those companies which constantly reinvent themselves so that the disruption from new age uh, tech companies entering the market doesn't impact them uh, do you want to talk about some examples here so essentially you know you have to cut your own successes now for example you are a great fossil fuel company uh, uh fossil fuel engine automobile company now you are doing extremely good in that but you have to reinvent yourself by launching electric vehicle or fuel cell or hybrid uh you are today running a great channel uh, which is direct to home you'll have no option but to re to introduce ott platforms for your viewers 
uh, you are you know launching let's say you are in movie exhibition business now when movies are not coming and people are watching ipl you'll have to reinvent yourself by showing ipl on a bigger screen so in every business people will have to reinvent themselves so that they remain relevant to customers in financial services system where bankers believe that theirs is a lazy business you borrow money from investors lend it to customers and get your spread and play golf well that was true some time back but now it's no longer true you'll have to introduce yourself as a fintech player as a new age digital bank so that you can remain connected with the customer and also you can put to use your surplus money now in every segment this change is happening uh, in pharma sector also from old molecules new molecules are coming unless until you research and reinvent yourself you will not be able to compete in the market so we are right now focused like before in investing in those companies who are also investing for future who are reinvesting reinventing themselves to cope with the future okay uh but we are seeing a, you know real estate revival uh, you know that has already started um, i was actually amazed to see that the real estate index was the second best performing after it in the last 3 years uh, most of the performance has come in the last one year itself now along with real estate what are the other two allied sectors you think you know you would like to play this uh, cycle so we generally play this via what we call home improvement sector Mm-hmm. and over here we believe cement plywood tiles paints electrical wires and cables consumer durables these are all the sectors which will do as good as real estate sector apart from the basic real estate growth they will also benefit from replacement demand and more importantly in each of this segment there is a migration from unorganized sector to organized sector from small and medium enterprises to large companies so this home improvement we believe is a longer term theme compared to just pure real estate or construction company and you will be able to play it across sectors from cement to tiles to paints to wires and cables to consumer durables yeah okay uh you know there are a lot of young guys who listen to our podcast and uh, so i will just ask a couple of questions on their behalf uh, you mentioned about you know when you started your career everybody makes mistakes right and so what has been your you know say biggest mistake uh, when you started your career and how you, your investing philosophy has changed over the years so let's start with that so the biggest mistake in the 90s was to go and buy on tips and lose entire capital true uh that was a big big hit to me because we were not that rich and that greed of making more money actually ended up destroying whatever little money we had so that was a big big learning as a professional investor the big learning came in 2000 we had invested in the same you know stocks and one of the investor came back to me saying that nilesh bhai if i want to make this error i am capable of doing on my own when i give you money i expect you to make errors which i won't make myself yeah oh. now that was the very good learning and uh, 
thereafter we have never ever gone wrong on businesses we will invest not based on tips not based on what companies are telling us not based on what sell side is telling us we will invest based on our own research and today raj by you know 2017 to 2021 we have seen many companies faltering apart a big housing finance companies where a marquee investor had invested has fallen yeah i talked about an it company which was part of the index and we avoided there was a beverages company in gujarat which went fat uh out of all those disasters by and large we have stayed away and that's a matter of pride it's not that we are the best performing fund in the country but definitely we have avoided many of the pitfalls which many peers as well as other investors have done in terms of selecting business so the biggest learning for me is that today i am managing trust and confidence of investors they give me money for my professional capability not because of the returns i have generated because my returns are my past my professional yeah. capability is my future i have to invest in real businesses i have to invest with teams that i may go wrong but the price of going wrong will not be very severe on my investors yeah true Uh, before i move on to the second point you know uh, i actually want to talk about uh, uh, which i missed talking about is the fixed income uh, you know globally uh, we are seeing uh, rate cycles in a lot of central banks have actually started moving up on the rate cycle there is always a talk on and pressure on rbi to act because inflation is coming up everywhere in the last one month actually interest rates have gone up almost in every country i mean the market based interest rates have gone up uh, not necessarily the policy rate how do you see uh, you know uh, indian fixed income moving in the next one year or so so in the fixed income market rbi is the biggest influencer and they have done a remarkably superb job they absorbed liquidity which was coming through huge amount of foreign direct and foreign portfolio investors they contained inflation now inflation in india and us is the same they ensured massive borrowing program of the government goes through smoothly they ensured that interest rates remains under a range they ensured that financial markets continue to function despite of covid-19 despite of franklin templeton uh, winding up of schemes and which impacted debt market in april 20 despite whatever second wave of covid-19 came and hit us so rbi's influence on our fixed income market will be significant my feeling is that rates will rise from current level but it will be a calibrated gradual move rbi will first lower the corridor between reverse repo and repo yeah. rate then they will change their stance from accommodative to neutral and eventually they will raise repo rate at the same time they will intervene in the market to ensure that there is no disruption it's gradual and calibrated movement and as long as you are reading rbi correctly and positioning your portfolio in line with their action uh, you will be able to make money in fixed income market true true uh now come to the second point regarding the the young investors and you know you know that there uh, I, i read that you know there are more uh, crypto investors in the country than actually the stock investors 
what do you think about the crypto asset class is it an asset class what is it uh, how do you see that so raj bhai my feeling is that a lot of this is misinformation mm-hmm. one global report said that there are 11 crore crypto investors in india i'm willing to bet that that's a completely wrong report in fact it's with a malafide intention to create fear of missing out among indians possible uh, there are crypto investors i'm not denying that mm-hmm. but i'm denying the fact that 11 crore investors are there that's complete bullshit number 2 crypto investment is actually crypto trading it's not crypto investment there are more than 9000 cryptocurrencies many of those have fallen 100% in one single day yeah we look at bitcoin prices and believe that all 8999 currencies will move in tandem that's absolutely wrong 8999 cryptos can fall also number 3 today whether we like it or not there are powerful forces which are marketing crypto there are many people who doesn't want their transaction in money getting watched by regulators and if they popularize crypto it gives them a great ability to move illicit money from one jurisdiction to another it gives rug nations ability to defy global sanctions so there is a powerful force which is pushing this cryptos Number three, if you hear about crypto, it's essentially coming from people who have made money on crypto. Obviously, they are going to talk positive about crypto. Number four, in crypto, safekeeping is very, very critical. Every day we hear how people lost their valuable crypto because keys was lost, because hard drive crashed, because exchanges disappeared. Now put all these things together. If you want to invest or trade in crypto. please do it but please do it with an open mind that this is high risk high return gamble there is no fundamental way to evaluate crypto's performance it is running on the faith that tomorrow there will be a buyer for this at a higher price please ensure that you commit only that part of capital on which you can take risk please ensure that you deal in a manner where safe keeping is guaranteed otherwise your profit will remain mark to market and losses will become real so if i have to sum up crypto the bank of england official made it very nicely please put that money in crypto which you can afford to lose true 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 uh, i have one more question which you know i'll come later uh, and that will be the last part of our, our talk but before that you want to make any predictions on a market index uh, raj bhai we have realized very early in life that <laughs> we don't have any ability to predict future true in fact i will share my daughter's uh, uh, experience when okay. she was young she mm-hmm. used to see me coming on television and uh, she said that papa i also want to come on television so i said beta you have to study and learn then you can come on television he said no whenever you have gone on television what do you say in the short term markets will be volatile long term everything will be fine you don't say anything else so that was the you know uh, eye opener for me and uh, that's the reality we have no ability to predict future in jan 20 i had no idea nifty will go to 7500 in march 20 i had no idea that it will reach 21 18000 in october 21 so let's accept our limitation 
all we can say that directionally equity will go up and you will make money if you invest with good companies and good managers now that's that's very well said now this is what this is the last question and this is what we ask uh, every one of our guest uh, what advice one advice you will give to your 20 year old self uh my 20 year old self i would have said that learn from others experience you don't have to repeat mistakes which others have made you can learn mm. from them i wish i had gone and met that devladari uncle much earlier in my life i would have lost far less money but better late than never uh, many a times you learn by committing harakiri but it's important if you learn from someone else's harakiri true true on that on that uh, very positive note uh, you know we will we'll end our conversation thank you so much nilesh bhai it was really really pleasure to have you on the show thank you raj it was my pleasure